This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, bringing you the info you need to make your next move a great one. Hey everyone, welcome to the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. This is the show that gives you the information that you need to make your next move a great one. I'm your host, Sean, and today I'm sitting down with Michael Childs from from BFH Pro. Michael, you've been on the show before. I think we were talking about different things that you should DIY and things that you shouldn't. So I dragged you in here, um, not quite kicking and screaming. <laughs> so so I got you in here because along those lines, you've done a lot with property management. That's correct. Um, specifically for real estate investors. Um, have you done commercial property management? Is that different than, in, than management for investors? I have done some commercial as well as uh, residential. Um, BFH Pro is business facility home, so we mm-hmm. do a lot for both residential, commercial properties, and within businesses. Okay. So my question today is, let's say you're talking to someone who is a real estate investor. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just got started somewhat recently, um, or they want to get started. Why should they consider a property management company as opposed to managing it themselves? Like, What does that look like? So the main advantage to a property management company is ease. There is a network of resources behind a property manager to keep everything running smoothly. Uh, when you go on your own, you keep an, a couple extra percentage in your pocket. Mm-hmm. However, uh, picture it. it's Christmas morning. Your kids are coming down the steps. They're getting their, heading for the presents, and your phone rings. It says, yep, the toilet just exploded in your apartment. Yeah. Um, Sorry, kids. Got to go. I might be back for dinner. You may not want to sit next to me, but I'll be back. Right. Um, right. Versus, you got a property manager. Uh, you get that call Christmas morning. They say, uh, "Yep, yeah, yeah, problem happened. Um, it's being taken care of right now. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your Christmas." <laughs> Let's kind of talk about what a property. I guess there's two questions here, and sure. maybe you're going to be able to answer them at the same time, which is why I'm kind of putting him, uh, putting him out there, but. When it comes to investing in real estate, what does that actually entail? And what does a property management company actually do or a property manager or something like that? Um, Because a lot of times we hear about, you know, how awesome passive income is. Um, I have a theory that the really real estate really isn't passive income. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Some of it might be. I mean, there is something to be said about owning an asset that you're renting out and yeah, that that's a great thing, but doesn't mean that it's passive. <laughs> so, uh, I guess I guess in your mind, what what actually are the activities of a real estate investor? Uh, what are some of the skills that that they need to know that they're going to be coming that they're going to have to be dealing with at some point during during their career? Okay, well let let's start with the passive income part yeah. of it. Um, real estate is a source of income over time. If you're looking for it to be a replacement for a paycheck, it's probably not the right investment for you. There is there is an active part to it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what does a property manager do and what does property management look like, um, there is a whole universe of things that a property manager does, but let's stick to the basics. Mm-hmm. They will locate a tenant. They will screen the tenant. They will place the tenant. 
Um, once the tenant's in there, they will oversee, uh, they will set rules for that rental. They will enforce those rules. They will invoice the tenant. They will make sure that those invoices are paid. They will assess penalties if they're not. They will inspect the home to industry standards. They will main, They will do maintenance of the property. They will make upgrades to the property to make keep it in compliance. Um, in the event of an emergency, they will step in to handle that on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And then if things go wrong, they will even do things like remove the tenant, mm-hmm. um, make the necessary repairs, and then get another tenant in there. And while they're doing all of that, there may also be, depending on your agreement, some uh, protection of your liability through various uh, insurance. They'll make sure that those things are up to date and in compliance. And all this for a couple percentage of what you're of, – of the thing. It's actually right. a pretty good deal <laughs> <laughs> when you look at everything that goes into it. Right. So – and. You're looking at it, and now obviously you you still have to pay for each one of those services, right? So it's not it's not like an inclusive for for a couple percentage. So if a property management company has to place a tenant, there will be uh, some closing closing cost or so yeah. of putting together that lease, having them sign it, collecting that escrow, of uh, finding the tenant, advertising the listing, stuff like that. Exactly, and every every management agreement is a little different mm-hmm. um, it, and what you'll find is if you pay a higher percentage more stuff is included mm-hmm. if you pay a lower percentage then they just piecemeals right now is it possible that you're also going to get nickel dimed if it's absolutely <laughs> yeah if you, if someone comes there and says yeah we will manage your property for two percent of the of the thing yeah guarantee you every time they're every time they even think about getting a phone call they're going to be hitting you with a fee right um uh they answer a text from the tenant you're going to get a fee um, right or if uh you, you said stay in compliance so say something like a usually there's like an annual or a uh or a, a biannual uh, rental inspection, right, in certain areas. So does the property management company uh, schedule that with the codes officer? Yeah, so I'll give you an example of some of the compliance. <clears throat> Let's say it's a um, affordable housing thing, so what previously was known as Section 8. Mm-hmm. So the county will have their inspection. The mm-hmm. township will have their inspection. There may be a another agency that may have another inspection on top of that. You have to make sure that these are done. They're done in the time frames that they're given. Uh, the property manager should be coming out once or twice a year to look at the property to find out whether, you know, um, is are the lawns being mowed? Is, are mm-hmm. the buildings being maintained? Are there broken walls as, you know, do I still have a front door? You know, <laughs> <laughs> things that, things that you know, you, you have to kind of keep an eye on. Um, well, one thing I learned when I started, um, and if they're listening, I hope they don't take this personally. When I started, uh, uh, investing in properties is, um, there's this thing with, uh, smoke detectors. Ah, the chirps. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, I, I value smoke detectors because, you know, I want them, I want them in my house and working and I would like them in my other house and working. But when they start going off because there's they're cooking, I remember I went I went through uh, at one point in one of my properties with a, with a tenant, and I'm like, 
where are all the smoke detectors? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, I don't know. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so it turns out that when they go off and they can't figure out how to turn them, how to, how to, how to um, turn them off, yeah, they pull them down. They get rid of them. They remove the battery. Now, or maybe the battery ended up in like a remote or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I guess they, it was on their list of things to put back and replace, but they never did. Now, hopefully, my insurance agent isn't listening to this. <laughs> uh, so, bottom line the is local fire marshal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good idea to have those regular. So, just even as as a um, as a property owner, as a landlord, mm-hmm. uh, you forget like. Like, yeah, you actually have to go in there and inspect these things occasionally or at least regularly and make sure that you're still up to code. That Because that comes back – that doesn't come back on them. No. You know, like they don't get in trouble if my property doesn't have smoke detectors, even though I wasn't the one to remove it. Now, granted, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to get too into what would happen and, and whatnot. But mm. it is in my best interest as the property owner to make sure that we know if there's a fire or not. Um it's just one thing that it's like as a landlord, it's like on a long list of things that, yeah, that investment isn't a passive investment. <laughs> yeah, and even things like uh, smoke detectors, fire extinguishers. Yeah. Um, in the event of an emergency, if there's no fire extinguisher there, that can be a liability on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a liability on you whether you had one there when you started or whether you, you put it there and that tenant decided yeah. to, uh, you know, Reenact the minions and uh, run down the hallway, spraying it everywhere. It, it's still your responsibility to make sure it stays there. So, real quick, um, for a friend, what are the responsibilities for fire extinguishers? So, every township will have their own their own requirements. Um, there, in general, you're yeah. required to have one on each floor. You're required to have one uh, in the kitchen area. Mm-hmm. Um, you're required to They'll have different sizing requirements. So obviously there's A, B, C, and then there's the mm-hmm. combo one. So if you have one in, let's say, a garage, it has to be something that's capable of doing uh, usually electrical and um, and gas fires. If you have something in a kitchen, you need something that can handle grease fires. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're downstairs in the basement, you probably need one that's rated for electrical, and that will be given to you by your fire marshal. Okay. Now, is that um now did it did they also expire too? Yes. Yes, all of them will have different shelf lives. Um if you go down there, you should be able to go down, look at it. It should be written on your fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. Um uh the type that it is, the age of it, uh when it was inspected the last time. Uh some townships will actually require an inspection of your fire extinguishers. They'll have to be certified. Mm. Um, and then they'll have they'll give you a uh, a size requirement. How big does this thing need to be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe I only need a small small canister. Maybe I want a big one. Um, but you know, if I if 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 I'm an an eighty year old woman living by myself, and do I need a forty pound fire extinguisher? Congratulations, I have the fire extinguisher. I can't lift it. Mm-hmm. Or over right. here, you know, maybe I've got a I've got a six car gar- detached garage. I got a fire extinguisher in there. That little cylinder mm-hmm. fire extinguisher that you get at Walmart, I, run away. It's mm-hmm. not going to do anything for you. So if you're if you're in an area in a township that has a code that we're with for required fire extinguishers. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to write into the lease where if some if one is discharged that the 
tenant is responsible for replacing it or paying to have it replaced or something like that. Does the lease address anything like that? It should. Um, yeah. A lot of times I will put right into leases that, you know, the tenant is responsible for it. If they discharge it, they have to let me know. Right. Uh, so that it can be re- repaired or replaced. If they don't, di- if it's, if I come in to do an inspection and I find that it's been discharged, um, I'm probably going to bill you for it if you haven't, mm-hmm. if you haven't uh, reported it. Yeah, it's it's just interesting because um, the only reason I ask all this is because this is one of the like it. I don't want to say it's not important, but it's small. It's a small. It's a small issue, and I've watched hours of real estate investing uh, videos on YouTube and whatnot, and no one's really mentioned that. <laughs> you know, it's not part of your everyday. What's it? Inve- investing guru hype, <laughs> you know, uh, tactics. There, it's not cool to talk about the fire, the fire extinguishers, right. and 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 the smoke smoke alarms. That's not that's not what everyone people want to come and hear about. I'm going to make millions of dollars on this investment I made, and I'm going to retire to a beach in Tahiti. Oh yeah, I want to make <laughs> I want to make money while I sleep. I want to work from the beach. I yeah. want to you know all that. That again, back to that passive income and these these little things that it's like. Well, that's kind of the, that's the little things that the property management company can stay on top of. Exactly. Because most likely if you're, I don't really have a great word for this, but if you're kind of like a (laughs) part-time investor, let's say you have a full-time job and your investment is kind of like your, I don't want to say a part-time gig, kind of part-time, half part-time gig, half retirement um, portfolio there. Your side Uh, hustle. But yet, but you're managing it, and it's hard to keep on. You know, it's not that it's hard to do, but it's something that you have to keep on top of. Knowing when those inspections are, making sure you're in compliance for insurance and in code, um, including stuff like um, fire extinguishers, smoke detectors. Um, I'm sure handrails in certain uh, mm-hmm. district. Uh, Townships and, and districts and areas are pretty important. Uh, and this is just like the bare minimum mm-hmm. stuff. So we're not even yet talking about, you know, finding the finding the tenants, getting rid of the tenants, unfortunately, mm-hmm. if, it, if it happens. Uh, major repairs, minor repairs and stuff like that as well. Um, and we're kind of seeing right now it's it's hard to find good help. That mm-hmm. that's another issue too. I remember years ago I I used to wonder like, well, why do you need a property management company? You can just jump on the internet and just Google handyman and there's plenty of people who are willing to do this stuff for you. <laughs> Nowadays, it's kind of hard to find a good contractor, to find a good electrician or plumber or mm-hmm. whatever you need to get through that, you know, weekend or so. Um, and also it's it is a lot of responsibility too. Yes. You it's I've tried to, I, I've explained it because I've had I've had a couple clients who you know I helped them get into their first investment property and while it was good I had to remind them like hey don't forget if you're going to find the tenant yourself mm-hmm. you got to familiarize yourself with the the law and what you can and can't ask them you know you got to familiarize yourself on what what criteria you can use so you don't end up with with a lawsuit and then once they're in there like your response if their hot water heater goes like Mm -hmm. if your hot water heater goes at home you either fix it go with cold water or you call a plumber you know and you pay the emergency rate Mm -hmm. if their hot water heater goes while they're at home not only are you doing all that but you're also calling your lawyer because you are (laughs) legally bound to providing them a habitable house Mm -hmm. which includes hot water Mm -hmm. working heat 
working air condition, stuff like that. And I'm not a lawyer, so I don't want to get too into the, the specifics and stuff. But at some point, you, I, from what I believe, you are legally required to provide some of that stuff. So you can't just let it go or deal, you know, like it can be. They can terminate their lease at that point. Uh, so there's a variety of things. So uh, in Pennsylvania, if um, I'm not maintaining a property, uh, the courts will allow the tenant to take their money instead of paying me. They can put it into escrow as long as they can show they're putting it there. Yeah, they can hold back my money as long as they're putting it aside. Mm -hmm. until that is repaired um there's also a point and that kind of gets a little into the uh nitty-gritty so i'd rather have an attorney really give <laughs> where that point actually is but there is a point where they can even reach out bring their own um contractor in make the repair and then bill me for it mm -hmm. uh, or they can say look you're not maintaining it to to the state requirements or the, or the local requirements mm -hmm. i'm out you, uh, we've just voided this lease, so that that uh, twenty-four month lease that that we signed last Tuesday, yeah, may be over. Now I'm back at the beginning, and I still have to get it fixed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and either way, whether you know, regardless of what the attorney says, it's it's probably going to be an expense of some sort. Absolutely. <laughs> so so whether or not they're in the right or the or they're in the wrong. Mm -hmm. Trying to, you know, getting the right people to decide whether it's right or wrong, getting the in front of, you know, if it has to go in front of a judge, then that's going to be eating into possibly most of the profit that you would have made that year, too. Um, it really doesn't take much for those costs to, to ratchet up. Um, no. <laughs> so and I guess kind of what I'm what I'm looking at is like property management. Yes. Do you want to be the one that has to field that call on Christmas morning, right? It's like, yeah, I get it. That's a good reason to have property management. But it's more than just an insurance policy. Absolutely. This is like an active service that helps make, helps keep you in compliance and helps keep that property at a high operating standard. Um, and, you know, because one, if things start slipping – and it falls below that standard, you might have more heat on you than just some upset tenants or some bad reviews. <laughs> yeah how how much did you pay for your how much did you pay for that house? I mean that's that's a huge asset that sits mm -hmm. there. Do you want that thing to fall apart? Mm -hmm. Do you you paid you know two hundred three hundred whatever you paid for that house? Even if you even if you bought even if you bought a uh, uh, a short sale home. Got an amazing deal. Walked in, bought it at ten thousand dollars. Put some, put a bunch of money in. Now it's a rental unit. So you don't have mm -hmm. a lot into it. That's still a chunk of money. Yeah, um, yeah. You want to make sure that that's generating you income, not falling apart. You want that income to maintain a property that is that is kept up on that maintenance. A lot of times will save you from those big surprise uh, expenses. You know five, six years down the road because right. you haven't kept up on them. Right, right. Um, and then the other thing, too, that I, I always kind of bring back when we're talking about property management, it's not it's not just about making your current uh, investments easier, but it's <laughs> also allowing you to expand, use some leverage, and start mm -hmm. adding to that portfolio. Um, you know, a, a lot of times, one or two properties, you can manage yourself. Yeah. Now, what about 10? What about 12? What about 20 or 40? 
you know, now things start getting exponentially more difficult. Now, smoke detectors <laughs> becomes a lot bigger deals. Fire extinguishers become a bigger deal when you're talking about 40 different units than when it was just one or two. Um, so, you know, at some point you're going to be hiring people to help. Like at some point you're going to have to leverage your profits in order to bring in people, you know, uh, bring in people to help. Having that property management company there uh, at the beginning is probably one of the best ways to make sure that you're bringing in experience and not having to train an assistant in how to do this stuff. Yeah, and the property manager, people always, I hear it, the property manager. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like that because it infers a singular, singular person out mm -hmm. there helping you. This isn't a property manager they're helping you. It's a property management team. So... In the so for screening the tenants, uh, you have a realtor who's an expert in doing that. Right. You have a maintenance team, which will have various backgrounds from plumbing to electrical to roofing to you name it. We have it. Mm -hmm. That team is there to go deal with those maintenance concerns. In the event that something goes, uh, that there's a liability. There's an insurance uh, person that is a part of the team, which is a go-to person who understands that industry. In the event you go to an eviction, you have somebody there who is a legal expert. In our case, um, we, ha we have an attorney. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you get into the point where you have a, uh, a lot of paperwork coming in, you have people like a broker or, a, um, or somebody who has some special training that is looking at that paperwork and can see, you know, where are these rules? Um, you get that letter in the mail from the, from the township saying that they're going to do this, that, and the other thing because you're out of compliance. Mm -hmm. You need someone that can come there and say, okay, no, they're, they're not out of compliance. Um, this, is what the, this is what you're asking for. This is what the rules say. So maybe we need to push back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to make some changes. That whole team is there to support your investment and that's what you that's really what you're paying for it, you're not paying for a property manager you're paying for that manager and the entire network of team that he has behind him he or she has behind them to keep your property running smoothly uh so piggybacking off of that question um if you have a if you have a property management contract in place are you allowed to bring in your own uh, professionals, um, service people, or, or, or refer to someone, or are you kind of locked into who they have on their team? That is going to go into the specifics of the management company you're using. Um, mm -hmm. we t you usually are able to use your team um, if you have it. It's usually advisable to use the team that the management company has. Mm -hmm. um, for example, if I have an agreement with a maintenance company to maintain um, a um, uh, the air conditioner unit, I have requirements that I give that team for mm -hmm. quality. Okay. Um, if something goes wrong, I have a contact person I go back to and say, <laughs> hey, this is not right. And I can get that taken care of quickly. Where if you have your person in there, I can't guarantee that work because right. I didn't select them. I have no agreements with them. 
I have no teeth when I call them up. That makes sense. And I've actually – I brought this up when uh, on the show with David Graham because we were talking about using your network. And one thing that I firmly believe in is that when someone – Someone's when you're using someone who's been referred to you, that person's not treating you like one customer. Mm-hmm. That person's treating you like all the future business that that person's going to bring them. Exactly. So if I have a plumber and something happens and the plumber, you know, something, you know, something, something goes wrong, that plumber might be like, wow, that really stinks. I lost a customer. You know, and he might walk away not really caring to remedy the situation because to him, losing one customer, while not ideal, isn't really a deal breaker. But if you have a plumber that you're feeding him, like mm-hmm. a good portion of his income is coming from the business that, if not all of it, is coming from the business that you're feeding him, well, he doesn't want to lose that. So he's going to find a remedy, make sure every, everything's uh, happy because he's not treating you like one customer. He's treating you of the hundreds of customers over the next so many years. And uh, that kind of buying power is um, pretty, pretty valuable in the long run too. So. Absolutely. In, in fact, I have, I have uh, contractors that we use that we represent. Uh, it's not uncommon for me to be 30 40% of their business. Yeah. Um, and I have <laughs> – I have one contractor that, I mean, he, he, I think I make up probably about 85, 90% of his business at this point. I mean, he's a, he's a standalone, he's a guy in a truck, he's got, I think he's got one worker, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm throwing him, you know, 30, 40 jobs a month. Right. Uh, when when we call him, he <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he answers. <laughs> I have his personal cell phone number. In fact, I think I have his wife's number. Right. <laughs> he gave me his wife's number. He said, if you can't get a hold of me, call her. <laughs> <laughs> which, um, which makes sense because, uh, unfortunately, like most most real estate investors don't have – they don't have the kind of volume to, to be – to be that priority, exactly. to be that priority call, um, and, and yeah, you know, and and that's uh, you know, because there's a lot of times you, if you're if you're calling someone up and it's the first time you ever hired them, yeah, they might they they may or may not come come out, but I've heard so many stories where they're like, I you they 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 went with the fifth guy that they called because the other four four first four providers never picked up, mm-hmm. so you know that's something that um and and it's probably because they don't know who you are yet. And it's kind of a catch twenty two, not saying it's the best way to run your uh, service based business, but it's just kind of the reality of it. Uh, these contractors get busy and they get backed up. So, and the other advantage that we have as a as as a general contractor, when I call a contractor, when I call a sub out to do a job, mm-hmm. that subcontractor knows that as soon as he's done, I pay him. Right. So when I call him, the Nobody wants to say, but in the back of every contractor's mind is, I come out here at 2 in the morning, I do this job, am I going to get paid? Yeah. Well, these these people have been doing business with me. They know that as soon as they're right. done that job, I issue that check. They mm-hmm. get paid whether I ever get paid or not. Right. Now, we we are big enough, we can take the hit, and we'll go after the money if we need to. But for our subs, it's easy. They're protected. Mm-hmm. And that insulation is another thing that gives them the they get to us quickly. So it's a two way street, you know. Absolutely. There, uh, you, you when someone's working with you, they get the benefit of they, their reputation's increased now because they have the buying power that you bring, but also you have the help that 
you know, those contractors know they're getting paid. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they're going to be able, they're going to be a lot much more on top of things and quick to respond because they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to try. It takes out the, it takes the guesswork out from their end, mm-hmm. which might create some hesitancy, might create a little bit of annoyance or frustration that you might pick up on if you were trying to manage them yourself too. And I'll so. give you another example. So let's say we get into a situation where you get the bigger repair. Mm-hmm. Um, you call me, uh, The we get the call from the tenant says, hey, the tree in the backyard is now in the attic. <laughs> um, happens. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some storms came through not that long ago. Um, we, we were dealing with this. So emergency call, first thing that has to happen, that roof's got to get tarped so the water stays outside. So now that, that roof is all tarped up. Mm-hmm. The standard homeowner calls up four roofers and say, if they're lucky, can get four roofers out there. Mm-hmm. They call up and say, my roof's broken. Come fix it. Well, you come back. You have a you have quotes running from 12000 to 32000 mm-hmm. What's the difference? Most, most homeowners don't have the expertise with that. Mm-hmm. Where right. when we come in, I'm going to come in there. My first thing is I'm going to go up there. I'm going to tell them what rafters I want replaced. Are these uh, are these rafters? Are they uh, are they frame ups? How is this roof done? Are we talking um, three tab shingles? Are we talking architectural shingles? Are we talking metal roofing? Mm-hmm. What color? What kind of life expense? Are we looking at a, at a Kevlar backing on, or are we looking at just cheap replacement shingles? Um, are we? Is this roof? Um, are they doing a patch on this section of roof mm-hmm. or, you know, is this roof already at end of life? So we're now looking at a whole roof. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to work up probably a five or six page document that specifies absolutely everything I want in mm-hmm. that roof. And when I contact six roofers, all six roofers know that they're bidding on the exact same thing as the roofer in front of it. They know the material. They know the, what's underneath of it. They know how many sh- mm-hmm. how many layers of shingles. Do they have to tear off the shingles? Mm-hmm. All of that's all of that's decided. So they're all they're all bidding on the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we all are getting the same the bid on the same job, and because I'm taking uh, bids from such a big area i'm getting that volume these are not roofers that i'm seeing for the first time Mm, mm -hmm. these are roofers that i've done six seven eight nine roofs um in the last two years with right um so when i come in there they know that if they mess up that roof that's the end of their roofing with me (laughs) that that, they're they're not getting another twelve thousand dollar job from me they're getting no more jobs from me and they get to go find their own roofs Mm -hmm. yeah well okay man that's um I think that's super helpful. So you're uh, so you're doing property management. What's the best way for someone right now to get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me is reach out to Ace Realty, and then ask to speak with uh, Michael Childs. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. This has been the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. Serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found.